You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now listening to the Fantasy Baseball Hour with Al Melchior. Happy Thursday. This is the Fantasy Baseball Hour. I'm Al Melchior, your host. And for those of you who've been listening to the show for a little while, you've got your calendars marked up. You know it's not just Thursday. It's Nando Thursday. But we've got more for you. It's not just Nando. It's not just me. It's also Scott White from CBSSports.com and Fantasy Baseball Today, the podcast uh, over there. It's, uh, it's a reunion of sorts. Uh, welcome, Nando. Welcome, Scott. Great to be here, Al. No one I'd rather share. All right. No one I'd rather share Thursdays <laughs> with. I agree. I agree. You know, but I was thinking, you know, so I've built this as a reunion. But how many times have the three of us done a podcast together? Because, you know, typically it was it was a a three person show, and and one was always Adam Azer. That's true. That's true. It's kind of a little bit of a rotation, but uh, and Nando was only with us for how long? What two years? Two years on the dot. Yeah, but it made a big imprint in those two years, a lasting impression. (laughs) We're still talking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Welcome to 2018. Well, it's really great to have you guys on. Uh, I guess we couldn't coax uh, Adam to make it a a four-man show. I'm still texting. uh, That's good. Graphic images. uh, Make it work. Well, not necessarily that way, but. (laughs) <laughs> you told me to, Al, so. <laughs> That's your story, and you're sticking with it. Uh, well, uh, you know, we got a lot a lot to catch up on. You know, years, practically, years of stuff. Uh, a relatively slow news day, but still some big things to talk about. Corey Dickerson trade at last, uh, anticipated for the last few days. It's finally happened. We've got another top pitching prospect who looks like he's going to be out for a while. Uh, and, uh, Scott, I took a look at your rankings. I thought we'd kind of go old school and do some ranking rankings comparisons and, and let Nando be the uh, judge. You're using comparisons. I thought you were going to go debate. Well, you know what? It, it, it's, we it demand a debate, debate Al. <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be 89% debate because okay. uh, there's, I want to talk about one player that Scott and I agree on, but I think we are the only ones in the industry who have this, this particular view on this particular player, so okay, uh, yeah, we're, so, on, we're um, on a little bit of an island here together. Doing, yeah, we're doing, on an island together. That's right. We are on to to spoil the whole thing. We're on Mike's Nino Island. So uh, <laughs> I tweaked the uh, the format a little bit. Rankings comparison to be inclusive of all of our discussion and time permitting, because uh, that's always the caveat on uh, on Nando Thursday. <laughs> try to get, get try to get going with the first base preview, but uh, you know I'd rather just uh, you know let it flow, see how it goes, and see how much that first first base preview that we actually get to. But let's let's get right into it. Uh, Corey Dickerson is Pittsburgh bound, going to the Rays in exchange for uh, Daniel Hudson, and uh, also uh, minor league infielder Tristan Gray, and uh, the most popularly traded uh, player cash considerations. Uh, so that's the deal. Um, so, Scott, what, uh, what's your thought on Corey Dickerson's value going to Pittsburgh? 
Well, from a personal standpoint, I played this all wrong. The Rays DFA'd Corey Dickerson on the same night that uh, our keeper deadline was in the Dynasty League. We're in together. My Dynasty League, 2014 head-to-head points Dynasty League. And I had a dilemma going into that keeper deadline. Should I turn loose a $2 Jose Martinez, a $2 Aaron Altair, or a $5 Corey Dickerson? Ooh. Rays DFA Dickerson. I freaked out. Turned <laughs> my $5 Dickerson loose. And it's 2014 league, mind you, because I figured, look, if they're DFAing him, that means they couldn't find a trade partner. Yeah. And... Um, you know, what does that say about his value? What does that say? Even if when he does eventually latch onto the team, what does it say about the role he's going to be in? Uh, but with the Pirates, this is a good landing spot for him. Their left field situation was looking like some unfortunate mix of Michael Saunders, Daniel Nava, maybe Jordan Luplow, who's actually kind of interesting, but it didn't look like he was a front runner. Uh, now Corey Dixon clearly is, certainly against right-handed pitchers. And uh, I think the park should be okay for him. I think he should basically pick up where he left off with the Rays. Yeah, I think he's answered the question uh, about whether or not he can hit away from uh, from Coors Field. So uh, I personally, you know, for 2020 hindsight, I think I would have opted to let go of Altair because it sounds like he's going to be the the right-handed half of a, a platoon there. But uh, I think I that's traded the direction you. I was leaning. I think so, I yeah, traded Scott. Screwed me over. Didn't I give you Altair? For someone? Yeah, you. yes, I got all tear from you in a, in a trade. I, was it the horrible trade? Was it the trade you regretted like a month later? Uh, they've all actually, I've regretted every single Scott White trade. There's just different degrees of regret. <laughs> as I was I, setting, as, said, I've noticed. I said that last week's show, too. I know. I don't want him to think I'm talking behind his back. I've noticed negotiating with you has gotten uh, increasingly difficult. Over the years, you know, like I feel like you've gotten to where you're just you're just intentionally tough on me because you, yeah, because I ripped you off in that. Well, it's not like you ripped me off because at the time I think they were all pretty even. Like even the, we 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 swapped. Yeah. I forget who I gave you someone really good, and I got back Zach Wheeler, and then Zach Wheeler was basically out right. for the season, but I kept him anyway. Right. And you got back Addison Reed, who was a closer at the time, but then quickly became not a closer. Yeah, right. I'm taking yeah. the risks. They just they just happened to fall apart. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like. Such is life. Yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. Well, you know, Scott, so we actually talk about this league, uh, especially on Nando Thursday, since we've got two owners on the show. But even when Nando's not on the show, I talk about the, the league, except uh, Nando and I both refer to it on air as the Scott White Dynasty League. So is that would that be awkward for you to refer to it the same way, basically talking about a league in third person? No, I'm cool with that. I'm, I'm like the, yeah, I like that branding. <laughs> that works for me. Scott finally got us a female owner, too. Congratulations, Scott. Yeah, yeah, you do. Kayla Van Horn, an old I, a, a fan of all of ours from way back. She was in the Rejects yeah. League, wasn't she? She was, and yeah. I I want to say she won it that year. The only I league I played did. with her, she beat us. So all of us. Yep. Yep. Uh, true. Yeah. Well, well, looking forward to that uh, auction is this Sunday. So everybody, be be sure to tune in to that. Um, Actually, I don't think he can. They can. Uh, <laughs> move forward. I'm sure you guys uh, will follow up later. <laughs> <laughs> we will. We will. Uh, Shoei Otani is scheduled to make his Cactus League debut on Saturday. That is exciting. I watched a very, very little bit of the Phillies against the University of Tampa. I have no idea how um, Jared Eikhoff did, though. I know he didn't give up a run. Uh, Brent Honeywell, unfortunately, is uh, in our news. 
Uh, he w- left uh, uh, batting practice. Excuse me, batting practice session early this morning and has been diagnosed with a forearm strain. Uh, but we don't really have. I haven't seen any further information. Uh, you know, since I guess roughly an hour ago or so. Uh, so I don't think there's any timetable yet. But doesn't sound good. Does that change plans, uh, Nando? For you, does that change any plans for you in terms of? pursuing Brunt Honeywell, uh, either in a redraft or a uh, keeper league? No, well, I mean, if I had a draft tonight, yes. But um, I, I kind of remember, and this is just me being subjective, but I think like this happened a couple of, not to him, but to someone else, and everyone was freaking out. And it just turned out he had like a, you know, just, like, a minor thing in his arm. It was just more panic than anything, and he turned out fine. And it drove his price down a little bit for those few days. I can't remember who it was, but I feel like that happened last spring training or the spring training before and everything was fine. Yeah, I know forearm strain sounds bad to me. So that's usually the precursor. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. if that if that's all it is, I mean, they're still doing tests on it, and I, that's like that's. I, I wonder if that's like the placeholder injury for what we all suspect it could uh, be. Yeah. Let's pray for be, bone that chips. That would be sad for him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess. Hey, tell you what, though. Um, the more I look, because I immediately went to a roster resource, as I do when these things happen. Um, the Tampa Bay team is not bad. I know everyone's like kind of dumping That's what on I've been it. Saying. Yeah, Tampa Bay is not bad. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. No, well, I they agree. got worse this weekend. They got worse, but it wasn't in like they. they first of all, they have. They might have the most major league ready prospects of any organization. I mean, maybe they're losing one with Honeywell here, but they have like five others. And just looking at the roster as it stands, I mean, they got Archer. If Snell takes the step forward that I feel like he's going to take this year, and Jacob Faria was as good as he showed last year, and I mean, that's, that's a decent starting rotation right there. I, I look at the way the AL East rosters line up, and I still see Tampa Bay finishing third. Not really in the playoff race at all, but still third. You replace yeah, Honeywell uh, yeah. with, with DeLeon, and you don't lose a step, really. Yep. Or Anthony Bonda. Yes. There you go. Is that how we say it, Al? That's how I say it. I read it as Banda. Right or wrong? I've been named Banda, but I don't know. I'm on Banda Island. <laughs> I used to always say Verlander. Or Verlander. Verlander. I say it wrong now. <laughs> See, when he first got called up, when Justin Ver- Verla- Verlander got first called up way back when, the way I remembered his name was like this mnemonic device. The eagle has Verlander. And so that kind of messed up my pronunciation of his name for years afterwards. And it'll probably mess up mine now that I know the story behind it. Uh, well, uh, we've got more Dodger catcher news. Uh, we had a report, uh, I think roughly a week ago, saying that uh, Yasmani Grandal, contrary to what a lot of us were thinking or expecting, that Grandal was going to get the bulk of the playing time. But it was still going to be you know, something of a split between him and, and Austin Barnes. And now Austin Barnes has a problem with his throwing elbow and is going to be put on a throwing program. So more, at least mildly bad news uh, for, uh, for Austin Barnes. Um, now, Scott, I noticed uh, I'm, I'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit here, uh, but looking at your rankings, it uh, looked like you had Barnes and Grandal both pretty close and both sort of in the back end of your top 12. Am I remembering that right? That is right, and that has shifted around a couple times this draft prep season. Initially, I had Grandal maybe about 8th and Barnes maybe about 16th, and, and then I kind of flipped the two. 
<laughs> and now, like, I, I get the impression that the Dodgers don't really know how they want to handle this situation because in the playoffs, they, like, when it mattered most, they made it pretty apparent they prefer Barnes, right? Um, and now they're like saying, it, yeah. uh, we see Grundahl getting the majority of the bad spill. And in the article, I, I think it was L.A. Times, uh, where where this was kind of the plan was kind of laid out. There were some hints that maybe there were some transactional reasons for it. Grundahl being a free agent after this season, Barnes um, doesn't want to keep trade value high. Barnes uh, would keep his arbitration cost low later on if he's not a starter. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. I I just think like Barnes is. I think Barnes is really good. Like potentially Buster Posey good. I mean, Buster Posey is prime good, maybe, not even Buster Posey today. If you look at, and I, I cite this number a lot, head-to-head points per game, it's just an easy way to compare two players. Um, and uh, if you just look at Barnes' head-to-head points per game, uh, as a starter last year, eliminating all his reserve appearances, it was exactly the same as Gary Sanchez. So I certainly want to see Barnes be the primary catcher, and part of me thinks he may still be. I just don't know that it's going to be better than a 60% split for either of them while they're both on this team. Yeah, I mean, that's going to limit uh, Barnes's upside, even if, uh, like, I think all three of us are, are sort of on board with the idea of that, you know, the skills will, will win the day eventually. Um, you know, both of them being around it, it's going to limit both of them. So, uh, well, uh, well I want to talk a little bit more about uh, Brandon Drury. We've got a little bit more clarification, kind of, sort of, about uh, his role uh, and all that. But first, uh, did you know that it takes only one minute to potentially save someone's life? Seriously, just one minute. That's how long it takes you to swab your cheeks and join the donor list with DKMS. There are currently over 900,000 registered donors in the U.S., and we need more. There's an American diagnosed every three minutes with blood cancer, and there can never be enough donors. For only $45, you can help DKMS register new bone marrow donors. DKMS donors save approximately 19 lives a day. We want you to help save one. Please, if you can, go to dkms.org slash FNTSY today. Okay, back to Brandon Drury. Uh, I saw two reports that were seemingly a little contradictory, uh, and they were both involved uh, Brian Cashman quotes. So according to MLB.com, the initial plan is that Drury's going to start off as the pretty much the everyday third baseman, uh, and uh, you know, eventually when they do uh, bring up Miguel Andohar, that uh, Drew be kind of a super utility, you know, Marwin Gonzalez type player. I'm kind of interjecting the Marwin Gonzalez part of this. That was Brian Cashman making the comparison. And then uh, in the New York Post, he said that uh, it's a competition, maybe not exactly wide open, uh, but that no one is, you know, just being given the job that Miguel Andahar will be given every chance to win the job. So, Nanda, how do you approach this in terms of uh, Drury and Andohar, uh, you know how you sort of, uh, you know, calculate uh, what their value is. I'm probably going to lean on the Drury side. Uh, they went on the got him. He's kind of proven himself. He at one time was a top prospect. Uh, for whatever reason, it seems like they're slow rolling Andohar this year. Um, I don't know. It just seems like the plan. If you got two competing plans, the one that's going to come crashing down, especially if you're the Yankees and you've gone out and gotten Giancarlo Stanton, and you're really ready to take that next step. Uh, is that you know this the rookie green untested player uh, will lose the playing time? I would even maybe slot Danny Espinosa in that mix. I would have weighed more without Drury, but um, mm-hmm. he, he's kind of 
sitting in the minors on a minor league deal at least uh, I don't know man I, I would I would I would lean on the side that Andahar is not going to get as much playing time as um, people might be expecting or implying I could be way wrong on that it could be the new wave Yankees but just you're that close <laughs> you're that good I, I just feel like Drury is going to be the guy you don't go out and get Brandon Drury unless you have an idea of where you're going to use him yeah, I suppose that, you know, just the fact that they're thinking about him in, you know, in the worst case scenario in the super utility role, that, that makes me very excited about him as a Yankee. So uh, anyhow, we got to head to break. We've got a Devin Travis update. We've got a Jabari Blash update. Uh, we've got rankings to compare. So stick around. Be right back after the break. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Hour with Al Melchior. We got your Enya, we got your Nando Dofino, and today we got your Scott White from CBSSports.com. Got a fantastic couple of segments still ahead of us. And uh, we're going to uh, actually have a, an update here. Another player hurt in spring training. Going to get to that in just a, a few moments here. But uh, before we do, uh, let me just remind you that you, yes, you can create the ultimate dynasty keeper or redraft fantasy league using Fantrax's free commissioner product. Find out how it feels to have the deepest player pool, multi-team trades, plus player salary and contract options right at your fingertips, all of which are fully customizable. And with Fantrax Treasurer, you can set league entry fees and safely distribute payouts without a third party so that you don't have to track down owners for payment. And the best part of all, there's no break in the action. Once the regular season ends, Fantrax leagues are immediately open for the very next season. So go and find out why Fantrax is the home of fantasy sports and check out Fantrax.com today. And when you register, look for that little box at the, the bottom of the registration form for the promo code and enter the world's simplest, shortest promo code, AL. Just AL. That's it. And uh, entering that promo code will give you a chance uh, to win in a drawing. Ten private consultations uh, with me uh, for absolutely free. This is a package that I saw on almelkier.com for $109. You are in a drawing to get it for free. So sign up for Fantrax today. Okie doke. Oh, uh, Al, big Al. News out in a f- Yeah. Uh, you forgot the, um, the R-Bar sponsorship, too. I did? Yeah, the uh, Rec Room and R-Bar sponsorship. Yeah, no, I, you know, I, I may not be familiar with that. <laughs> it's Todd, who put together the Rejects League and used to send us the sweatshirts and T-shirts and love. Well, we love Todd. Yeah, he's uh, sponsoring the CBS Minute. He is? Yeah. That's a, well, uh, thank you for, uh, you know, p- picking that up for me. <laughs> no problem. It's, it's... <laughs> I was checking my Twitter during the break. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, with two guests, sometimes I just I let things fall through the cracks. That's what we're here for. All right. So uh, 
Cheers to uh, our bar, Todd. And thanks for listening, Todd. Uh, so uh, while you're checking your Twitter, did you see the Matt Chapman news? No, I only look at my notifications, though. I don't care what other people are saying. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know how like spring tra- every spring training seems like there's like a cluster of injuries, like there, there's like the year of the oblique and the year of the hamstring, and this seems to be the year yeah. of the hand injury. Uh, so uh, you know we've we've had Gerardo uh, uh, Parra and um, uh, Ryan Healy. Couldn't think of Ryan Healy's name for a second there. And now Matt Chapman, uh, he has uh, left athletics camp and undergone an MRI, excuse me, an MRI on his right hand. So uh, we don't know yet what the results are going to be, but, um, you know, it's usually not, not a good sign to get an MRI. So Who's the guy who had his handmade bone removed? It was, was after- Yeah, <laughs> We were talking about it on the show last week. Like, you said something like, well, at least it's not his handmate bone. Like, it's a joke. Yeah, because we were talking about Healy, and then the very next day, I think <laughs> yeah. it was, Para does get his removed. I can't, you get removed sounds very dramatic. It does, but yet he, you know, he thinks he's going to be back in three weeks. We'll see. Not for this yeah. Rymel Tapia <laughs> fan. <laughs> Scott sounded a little skeptical there, as, as am I. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Fortunately, I don't have a lot uh, of investment in that Chapman, but... I don't yet either, and I like him, but, you know, there's so many deeper third basemen that I really like, a lot of good fallback options. So. Yeah. That's the thing around the whole infield, really, is just there's so much depth. It's hard to, like, fall in love with anybody uh, other than, you know, the studs, obviously. Yeah. Well, check out this segue. Speaking of infield depth, how you like Devin Travis? Uh, he can run at full speed now, according to a report from Sportsnet.ca. And uh, he's not going to play Grapefruit League games immediately, but he's going to be eased in. But apparently the, the initial reports are very positive. He doesn't even look like he had an injury. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, very positive yeah, but, so far. So does that does that uh, make him a part of that second-base depth? That sounds like another upside infielder who I have no reason to uh, single out. Somebody that I, I love. like, And, and they have Yanni Herbert-Solarte there now. Um, so, you know, Travis has never stayed healthy. I don't, I don't really have reason to believe he's going to get a bigger share of the abets than Solarte. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, uh, this does not seem like the year to take a stand for Devin Travis, regardless of what report is coming out of the Grapefruit League. (laughs) Yeah, I, you know, I'm kind of reading it a little, a little differently. I don't really disagree with the conclusion, Scott, but, uh, you read this article from Sportsnet, and they kind of make it sound like Solarte is just kind of hanging around there for insurance. And uh, in terms of ADP, it, it, it seems like a lot of people aren't really buying that. So, you know, it's, it's another one of these yeah. situations, you know, a little bit like, you know, Barnes Grandal, where if you give either one a shot at, at uh, regular playing time, I'd say Solarte in particular, you, you, you have something there, but it kind of ruins it for both of them. Yeah, but even if you're not narrowing it down to the Blue Jays thing, I mean, you get what I'm saying about the depth. Like, Cesar yeah. Hernandez, that's somebody I'd rather have. I mean, Jet Lowry last year was as good as we've ever seen Travis, and, and like nobody wants Jet Lowry because he's old. They get that. But, like, there's just... Um, they're, they're, like, Dustin Pedroia, I understand he's coming back from knee surgery, and so there's that risk thrown in. I have a hard time getting in my top 30 second baseman, and this is Dustin Pedroia. He didn't really do anything wrong last year. He just, you know, he isn't quite what he once was, and he's hurt. So yeah, he drops and, out of my top 30, you know? Yeah, and you, you factor in the, the injury and that, yeah, treading water doesn't really cut it anymore with uh, offense 
uh, increasing each year. You know, if you're just uh, kind of doing what you've always done, you're, you're going to lose ground. So, yeah, I, I hear you on, uh, on Pedroia. Uh, we have a couple of uh, uh, minor moves here from the, uh, the Angels and uh, a former Angel. So we'll start with the Angels. Uh, they've signed Chris Young. And uh, now uh, we've got bad news for uh, Chris Young. He sustained a grade one strain of his right calf. He's expected to miss about uh, 10 days. And that report uh, from the Orange County Register. So, I mean, I know not a real big fantasy impact in general, but a guy who does mash lefties and, you know, has some daily fantasy uh, uh, appeal. And in, the, in even uh, more minor development, the Angels acquired Jabari Blash. From the Yankees, I'm not going to get even one time the John Sterling call on a Blash home run, which I'm bummed out about. And uh, <laughs> that's about all I can really say about that. And Jesse Chavez, the former Angel, one-time Angel, assigned a minor league deal with uh, the Rangers as they're stockpiling potential uh, six starters there. The Rangers, they're, they're what, Round Rock? Or are they fr- What's their, their uh, AAA? I think so. I always, their PCL yeah. is going to be, like, their rotation is going to be the weirdest rotation ever. <laughs> Their average age is going to be like 38. Haven't, haven't the Rangers well, just signed like eight guys to minor league deals who, you know, 10 years ago would have been uh, something? Colonna Nice, for sure. Yeah. I might be forgetting another one or two, but yeah, and then you toss on uh, Jeff Chavez. Yeah. And Mike so, Miner. Well, that's from the past there. Yep, yep. He's in the rotation, so, uh, right? Matt Bush, yeah. you can say he's a blast from the past. He's competing for a rotation spot, right? It's, it's going to be weird. None does right. That's that strange. Really weird. weird rotation. And if Bush, you know, sticks, uh, and he he apparently, you know, at this point, appeared to be the odd guy out uh, whenever um, Martin Perez is ready to come back. But yeah, that that's a weird rotation if you have both Minor and, and Bush in there. Uh, great, it's great for head-to-head leagues, though. A lot of sparp innings yeah. uh, from those two. Serious sparp appeal. Nando's, yes. Nando's acronym that is stuck for years afterwards. It was Spark, made starting pitcher as a relief pitcher. It's made out yeah. of hatred. <laughs> <laughs> and it's in Volquez. It's I a just derogatory term for you. Yeah, oh, I, that's right. Yeah, but I mean, I used it to my advantage uh, okay. in the Scott White Dynasty League uh, with Dylan Bundy last year. So I'm not complaining totally. But um, yeah, no. You used it in a relief pitcher spot. It's, it's a great approach in points leagues. You can't you can't knock it till you tried it. And uh, yeah, so Bundy was indispensable for you because of that. I know because I tried to get him from you. Maybe in that same deal, deal where I got Altair. I don't know. Might have been. <laughs> hey, did you guys set your score sheet cues? I'm assuming you did because the draft starts today, right? I I did not because um, stupidly I went the full ten. Oh, so I I can wait a couple days. I forgot. Yeah, I'm not picking till Sunday. Yeah, it's such a massive uh, undertaking. This is great. I wish slow drafts were all done like a score sheet slow draft, where everybody has a scheduled time where the top player is going to come out of their queue, as opposed to setting like a four hour clock and not really knowing if everybody's going to take four hours or if like the five picks ahead of you are going to go within a ten minute span. Like that, that is infuriating. I don't like slow drafts, but I like the way score sheet does it. I think. That's a very kind of, you know, even level-headed approach to that. Um, I like the ones where I have the opportunity to potentially, you know, draft uh, several times a day. <laughs> but then I sit there and get frustrated when, you know, somebody lets the clock run out. So, you know, yeah. your, your way sounds a lot mentally healthier, Scott. 
Uh, <laughs> hey, but heads up, uh, there's another Ju yeah. Profar. This is my only beef with, with score sheet is when you click on the guys to pick them, it's the last mm-hmm. name and the first two letters. And there's another Profar, comma Ju floating around in second base. It's not the jerks, and oh, it's, yeah. it's Jeremy Profar. Just beware. Sneaky. Yeah, I did mine well, last night. Yeah. <laughs> Word to the wise. That's- <laughs> uh, I I did that too in a, in a different league, and it was a player, two players with the exact same name, and and the the doppelganger I'd never heard of, and unfortunately I can't remember which player it was. But it's like really, there's another person, you know, like it wasn't Alex Dickerson, but it's like there's another Alex Dickerson out there. <laughs> so it was yeah, it was very very. Well, are there two Rugnet Odors? Yep. And yep. then and then there's a Ruglets Odor. Or something like that. I don't. I remember they're all brothers, or if one of them's a father. I can't. I don't remember. But it's yeah, uh, cousins, uncles. I remember something odd. Yeah. Did either of you guys uh, <laughs> get a chance to catch uh, part of that Phillies game? Or uh, I know that one was streamed. Like I said, I watched probably like three minutes of it in between uh, working on other stuff. So I, I got to see uh, Andrew Knapp take a walk, uh, <laughs> which was <laughs> thrilling. Um, but uh, I didn't get to see Eikhoff. Uh, I'd be sort of interested in, have you seen the results from Alex Wilson's start? Because he's being stretched out. Have not. I did not. I guess I take, take that as a no. Sorry, so, Al. Scott, that's all right. This that's is your right. show. I, you, know, you shouldn't be expecting us to look at all this stuff. <laughs> well, <laughs> you, you picked me up on the R. Bar Todd uh, moment there, so. I'm just slacking at this point. <laughs> I have two guests on to, you know, double the work and so I could do less. I can only take us off the rails so many times. You're going to have to have the results sure. of this Phillies exhibition game next time. All right. Well, you know, we're, we're going to get to uh, some rankings comparisons. Uh, Nando, I'm going to you know, g- give you a chance to kind of warm up here as, as the official here, the referee. Sure. Um, so speaking of Jared Eikhoff, I'm surprised at this because I always thought of Scott as being, and these things obviously change year to year, even month to month, but I thought of Scott as mm-hmm. being uh, somebody who liked Eikhoff much more than I did. I've got him ranked 84th among starters. Scott's got him barely in the rankings, 121st. Um, so before we even get to make yeah. arguments, Nando, we're just going to let you judge. Oh, <laughs> I'm with Scott. <laughs> Hashtag no I'm with interest, Scott. Uh, no, it's it's not enough strikeouts for me, and the ERA has always been high. And I guess you can give him some, you know, maybe the WHIP will carry his numbers lower. But uh, I'll let you two argue. I'm just I'm just the judge here. On Nando I, Thursday, I, just, you know, I, I did think you know ranking him 84th was any big vote of confidence, but I figured there's some bounce back potential there. Um, you know, dealt with some health issues last year, and not the not the best strikeout guy, but not going to hurt you there. And you know, I mean, basically, give you what I would expect from somebody in the 80, 90 range, which is uh, a good number of innings and a, a, a merely decent ERA and WHIP. I mean, Jared Eikhoff was awful last year. Like he was pretty good in twenty sixteen, and I kind of liked him, but he was, I mean, one five two WHIP for Jared Eikhoff last year. The walk rate was like doubled from the previous year. Um, and he's not. He's never been good at keeping the ball in the park, and he's a below average to average strikeout pitcher. So I don't know. I don't see a lot of upside at this point. 121st is it? Like you're you're at the stage of the starting pitcher rankings where like there's a span of like 30 names there that I could probably put in any order and not really care that much. You know, um, I'm looking at about the 84 range where you have Eikhoff and I see Zach Davies, Tyler Glass now, Matt Harvey, uh, Fulton Nevich, guys who I feel like have more upside. 
Yep. Um, so I wouldn't. I couldn't see myself moving myself up to that point. But maybe as high as like a hundredth or something. I couldn't. I wouldn't really quibble over it there. Fulton Fultonevich is a Scott guy. Yeah. That's a Scott White through well, and through. And, 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 and it sounded like Fultonevich was really like Scott. He's 87th in my starting pitcher ranking. So, again, not really a vote of confidence like you were saying for Iacoff out. But I feel like Fultonevich is at a place where he's just a change-up away. And maybe he'll never develop it. But if he develops it, it could be a complete game-changer for a guy who throws 100 with a pretty good slider. Yeah, I, I... You know, I think I need to look at where I've got Fultonevich because I, I feel like I overlook him, and every time I look at the stats, it's like, hmm, yeah, he is, you know, kind of just a, you know, a step away. So, um, you know, and I probably should like him better than I like uh, Eikhoff. So, probably need to move Fultonevich off. Uh, off the top of my mouth, I don't remember where I have him, but I'm almost sure it's it's lower. Uh, well, let's let's uh, go uh, just full force into these. Uh, rankings comparisons. Here comes the comparison part where we're not good debate. We're going to have, uh, you know, Kumbaya and agree. Uh, Scott's okay. got uh, Mike Zanino ranked 16th among catchers. I've got him ranked 19th. So why don't you have him lower, Scott? No. Uh, <laughs> the real comparison here is he's 8th in NFBC ADP. And uh, let's see, I've got fan tracks pulled up here. He's 7th in the fan tracks uh, ADP rankings. So we're way mm-hmm. out of step here. So, Scott, I'll give you first crack. Why aren't you buying it? He struck out 36.8% of the time last year. It was an un... Like, that's just untenable. And, I mean, in the past, it has been for him. He's been bounced between the majors and the minors. Yeah, he has good power for a catcher, and... and I get why people are just looking at the upside there at a position where there's so little to get excited about. Um, but there's no reason to think the strikeouts are going to improve, and there's definitely no reason to think he's going to have a 355 BABIP again like last year, which allowed him to hit, oh boy, 251. Like, I, I think we're looking at a, a guy who's, um, you know, probably more like a 210, 220 hitter, and. If you know the the ups and downs the player takes over the course of the season, if it if he goes through a stretch early on that's particularly down for his uh, you know his his range of possible outcomes month to month, uh, I think it's possible he gets sent to the minor again, and you're looking for another catcher. So I'd, I'd rather go with you know either like Brian McCann, James McCann, like either McCann. I I like. I feel like they're both pretty good and are going to provide much steadier production than uh, Zunino. I, I'm I'm with you on the McCanns and, and a whole bunch of other catchers. Uh, you you, you uh, did my work for me, Scott. So uh, thanks for doing. All right. <laughs> well, All right. Well, we're going to have actual disagreements after the break, and Nando's going to uh, then iron everything out for us. So definitely want to hear that. Stick around. We'll be right back. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. 
just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Welcome back to the Fantasy Baseball Hour with Al Melkier, where the hits just keep on coming. It is Nando Thursday. It is Scott White Thursday. So we got Scott here from uh, Fantasy Baseball Today, it's CBS Sports.com podcast. And of course, you can find all of Scott's columns and rankings and uh, videos and all kinds of stuff uh, on CBSSports.com. So uh, uh, we will get to some rankings disputes, uh, but before we do, just time for the uh, daily reminder that Fantasy Factor is the perfect daily fantasy site for the casual recreational player. Flatter prize pools, small fields, and single entry contests only. Fantasy Factor runs NHL and NBA free rolls every week. Free entry, so just simply go and sign up and enter at www.fantasyfactor.com. So let's keep going around the horn here. We uh, had a nice uh, moment of uh, agreement on Mike Zanino. Now the uh, now the SmackDown starts. <laughs> First base, Justin Smoke. Scott's definitely, I think, with, with the uh, majority on this one. You've got him ranked 14th. I've got him all the way down at 27th. Um, so I'll, I'll start here since uh, you did all the work on the catcher uh, discussion there. Um, you know, just looking at Smoke last year, uh, it was you know something of a breakout season for him, especially power-wise. Uh, he struck out a lot less, but so much of that progress was compacted in about two months. It was it really skewed, like May and June really skewed the season numbers. So I just I can't really give it that much weight. So first base is really deep. I've just got him down in in kind of the just the fog of you know good fallback options, but but nobody that that stands out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right in that first base is really deep. And so where you rank Justin Smoke, 20, uh, where is it, 25th? 27th. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a little outside of where I think there are still starting caliber first basemen for mixed leagues. But my, my point is, like, I, I think part of the disparity is just the depth of the position. I do believe in smoke a little more than you do because you look at you look at some, the batted ball data for him last year and it's similar to previous years but in and of itself there's nothing there that says okay he can't do this again it's just the only thing that's making us believe he can is because he was never that player before last year but he made a adjustment last year that's backed up by the data uh he was the guy who always um like, he was terrible against breaking balls. Curveballs, sliders, his numbers against them were awful. He didn't adjust for it. He just, like, it was a sitting duck for them and let himself be that because he would chase that stuff. And last mm-hmm. year he got away from it. He didn't swing at those pitches as often that the numbers back up the narrative in this case. And uh, to me, that, that explains the breakthrough as much as anything. Now, I would have liked him to have been better in the second half than he was, but... You know, I still tend I tend to value the full season production over partial seasons if there's uh, good enough reason for it. And I think that that combined with the fact that the batted ball data 
um, you know, the, it shows that his production was within the realm of possibility. I, I think it was more or less legit. I'm a little nervous about it. I don't have a lot of shares in them yet, but uh, I don't know. 27 seems too low. All right. So, uh, Nando, where are you leaning? You know, I, um, I'm kind of in the middle, actually. I, but I do like <laughs> Scott makes a very compelling argument with the with the adjustments and the batted ball stuff. That's you know that stuff you actually have to read up on. Um, Al, I don't know. Like, why do you not like smokes? Is, is there any kind of is there any kind of worry that they might lose at bats with you know maybe no, Rallis playing at a little all. first or no? As as Scott was talking, I think part of it is that I think there's probably some lower ranked um, first baseman that I probably like better than him. Nando, you and I talked about Mitch Moreland on the, uh, the last time you were on the show. Really like him. I've got him in the same neighborhood. You know who's... Um, now they're playing time concerns there. And that's, well, that is Ramirez. a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Their supposed number three hitter, Alex Cora, said yesterday, uh, whether or not you believe that, whether or not you believe Hanley Ramirez will be able to play the field that often, I don't know. But DH isn't an option for him now that J.D. Martinez is there. Yeah, so for me, it's a, com- a combination of the depth of the position uh, that I like some of those deeper alternatives a lot. Jose Martinez would be another one. Um, and that, yeah, I, I have a-, a lot of trouble putting that much faith into the, the 2017 version of-, of Smoke. I made the mistake of saying that Mitch Moreland had 32 home run upside. This is, of course, before mm-hmm. J.D. Martinez knocked a couple people around their would-be spots. And our, our, <laughs> yeah. our old friend Craig in Chicago... Asked me if I like if I still believe in that, and I kind of like I think I only want to bump it down to twenty eight, maybe twenty five to twenty eight <laughs> home run upside for Mitch Moreland. I don't feel okay. ba- I don't feel bad about that. I think he's going to get enough playing time right. to do that. Like I, well, I do too. I'd rather have Moreland than Smoke on my team, not not just in a vacuum, but you know where they're going ADP wise, where you can take him in drafts. If I could mm-hmm. leave my first base position open long enough to get Moreland, I would I would bypass Smoke a bunch of times. Well, well, you you might be siding with Scott, or at least leaning a little bit in that direction. But that is exactly the justification that I use <laughs> to okay. have him down there. Is that that uh, you know I like him roughly as much as some of those much uh, more available options at first base. I just don't see that I'm ever going to be, be drafting him. So there, yeah, well, I mean, there are a lot of good ones. I look at my rankings, and Yuli Gurriel is the 24 at first yeah. base, and it's like Yuli Gurriel's pretty good. He's going to play so, some second I mean, base. Brandon Belt, I have 26. Chris Davis, C. Ruth Davis, is probably the most forgotten player in fantasy baseball. I, he's been in roto drafts for me. I, I, once, in one of the roto drafts we did this offseason, he was Mr. Irrelevant, Chris Davis. And it's like, yeah, there's, a, there's high variance there, and we got the bad end of it last year, but Chris Davis could certainly hit 40 home runs for the Orioles again, and he's barely in my top 30 first baseman. So it's, there you go. Yeah, and I think he was primed for a rebound. So I, I love that. Yeah. Well, let's uh, move on to second base. Uh, Ian Happ, we've got a big discrepancy there. Uh, this time I'm, I'm the high guy. I've got Happ up at 15 among second basemen. Scott, you've got him down at, at, at 25. So uh, mm-hmm. what, uh, what's, up with, what's up with you and Ian Happ? Well, this is somebody who's legitimately on my on my bus list, so I, I definitely am. And it's not just a case of uh, you know manipulating uh, the order. I, I'm seriously down on Ian Happ, and the main reason is playing time. I'm not exactly sure which position is going to be his, and maybe he'll get enough between them all. But 
they are the Cubs already have some redundancies there. Based on the way they handled their life in the playoffs, Javier Baez would seem to be the priority at second base. Um, you know, Kyle Schwarber in left field certainly. They need to they need to salvage that Jason Hayward deal somehow, and he's still good defensively, so I would imagine he's in right. That leaves center where Albert Omora Albert had a pretty good year himself last year and is thought to be a defensive whiz out there. I would imagine he gets the majority of the playing time. By the way, we haven't even mentioned Ben Zobrist yet. Where are they going to find it best for him? So, I mean, I'm not saying Hap won't get 400 at-bats or so. I'm just saying in this environment – as a player who really only does one thing well, hit home runs. I mean, his strikeout rate was among the worst in all of baseball last year, so I'm not counting on much more apart from the home runs. So in today's environment, home runs are plentiful. We talked earlier, second base is deep. And I just don't see him getting enough at-bats to really measure up there. Scott, you don't have well, him as, I, like a, yeah. as like 15 steals? Ish? Um... <laughs> You'll have to remind me how, like, I, I guess that's within the realm of possibility. He's done like 18, 20 ish in the minor leagues here and then. Then he did like yeah. eight and then something. I forget. I, I do show minors yeah, he, now. He had, eight, he had eight in 115 games last year. You know, was successful on two thirds of his attempts. So I don't necessarily think, yeah, maybe 15. Maybe he could do 15 if that means a lot to you. But again, it would depend on him getting full time at bats, which I don't think he's going to get. You said that very dismissively, and I take offense. <laughs> well, that means a lot yeah. to you. Well, you're Mr. Todd Frazier's speed, Todd Frazier's right? speed. I usually, <laughs> I usually don't start caring about stolen base totals till they get up to 20, and maybe that's a, you know, as scarce as stolen bases are, maybe I should. Uh, but I just feel like, uh, I don't know, that doesn't seem like a game changer to me. Well, it, it, to, to justify my position on Hap and liking him so much, and Nando, thank you for the assist on the steals because that's a part of it. But um, the one thing I'll, I'll disagree a little bit, Scott, with something you said earlier that there's depth all around the infield, and I don't think second base and shortstop are that deep. There are a few, um, you know, interesting, intriguing fallback options, but there's not as many, um, and not as many that are like good probability fallbacks as there are at the corners. Um, and so, you know, where I've got him is just kind of behind uh, Javier Baez, DJ LeMahieu, Ian Kinsler. And I certainly prefer, prefer you know, anyone from that group because you, you pretty much know what you're getting. But then you go beyond that and, you know, it, it's Ozzy Albies and Yohan Moncada who, Moncada who, you know, have all, all kinds of upside. Scooter Jeanette, is he going to be able to repeat? Is he going to be platooned? You know, there's big questions with everybody from that point forward. And I do like power speed potential of Hap and, and the versatility that I think is going to give him enough at bats to, to you know to hold hold his own amongst that um, yeah. that tier of second baseman. Well you just mentioned three players I love this year in Jeanette, Moncada and especially Albies. Yeah. Um, but on Jeanette, like you want we want to give you my favorite stat of this this draft prep season. It's scooter Jeanette related. So uh, Good Jeanette hit four home runs on June 13th, blew everybody's mind. Nobody thought he could do anything like that again or would even get the chance to. That was June 13th. On June 18th, he entered the lineup on a mostly regular basis. From June 18th forward, so not even included in the four homer games, Scooter Jeanette averaged as many fantasy points per game. Uh, he averaged the fifth most at the position behind just Altuve, Ramirez, Daniel Murphy, and Brian Dozier. So he was a stud not even including 
the game that put him on the map, the historic four homer game. Yep. And that's that's part of the reason I'm so excited about him. Like I understand there are questions about legitimacy of the his performance during that time. I think they're probably overblown, but let's just acknowledge them. That's still a lot more upside than Ian I feel like Ian Happ has with those strikeout issues Ian Happ has. I wouldn't say more. Uh, I, I will say that every time that I look at, at my projections for Scooter Jeanette or I look at you know last year's numbers, I, I kind of scratch my head like, shouldn't he be worth more <laughs> than what I've got to project yeah. for? This doesn't make sense. Uh, but um, you know, I think it's just more that I, I really like the upside of Hap. And not, not that I'm a big Jeanette doubter at all. Um, yeah. you know, I just see them as, as you know roughly roughly equivalent and, and maybe a, a little bit of an edge for Hap. Uh, well, we've only got a few minutes left. There's no way we're going to get to all these. Maybe we'll okay. get one or two more. Don't forget the first uh, base preview, yep. Al. And, uh, that's going to be Scott's going to have to come back tomorrow. Uh, and before we get to any of that, you need to know there's no, impo- more, no more important marker on the fantasy baseball calendar than draft day. That's why we're talking about this stuff. And so there's no more important move to make than to get the 2018 RotoExperts.com Exclusive Edge Fantasy Baseball Package. Get in-depth advice, rankings, and tips from the top ranker in all of fantasy sports, Jake Seeley. Go inside the numbers with multiple-time FSWA award winner Tim McCullough, Fantasy Hall of Famer Scott the King Engel, as they bring you their award-winning insider series from the MLB Beat. And 2017 Fantasy Baseball Champs Mike Florio, Hey, Mike, and Joe Galina, add to all the insights. Uh, plus, this year's edition features a new cheat sheet generator and a Slack chat channel, which I think is so cool. So enter the code FNTSY at checkout for a discount and make the ultimate move to win it all with the RotoExperts.com Exclusive Edge Fantasy Baseball Package. All right, so let's at least try to sneak a couple of pitchers in here. This is the biggest difference of all. Kyle Hendricks, I got him 15th. Scott's got him 47th. Uh, you know why? I Scott, mean, Scott is, likes strikeouts. Yeah, I was gonna, this has got to be a strikeout thing, and I, I get sometimes a little over-enthused by the, the sneaky, finesse types, but I think Hendricks has proven himself, and I think last year's numbers were uh, a little deceptively you know, mediocre because of you know being hurt earlier on and the numbers not being as good and kind of waiting the whole season down, but in the second half, I felt like he, he showed his true colors. You know what it even is more than the strikeouts? Because I feel like most of the industries on board with liking strikeouts, it's the innings. I feel like that is the market inefficiency at starting pitcher. Anybody who can consistently go six or seven um, is, is potentially an eighth, and anybody who can't isn't. And the way the Cubs have used Hendricks the last couple of years, Rarely lets him go seven. I think he only went seven four times last year. And so that and and the lack of strikeouts really limits his upside. All right, Nando, you're the judge and the jury here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's so good to be back. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Where are you did, leaning? You did say the judge and the jury, right? I did. Okay, I just want to make sure. Because no, Scott wasn't laughing. Uh I, oh, I laughed. I'm not. You know what? My gut isn't a Hendricks fan, so I want to go Scott. But um, before the show, I just went like, "Why does everyone like?" Just, let me look at Kyle Hendricks again, and he's just so consistently good with his ERA and even WHIP. Um, I, I don't like the guys that don't get a lot of strikeouts, but at some point, you got to kind of accept it. And maybe you could pull a Dallas mm-hmm. Keuchel and just pull strikeouts out of nowhere for a season. Um, 
Baby. So I'm going to go in the middle again, like Mr. Miyagi warns against. All right. Yeah. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. Well, you guys, we're out of time. No brand hand discussion. I am bummed out. But, Scott, thank you so much for joining us. We'll have to have you back on. Thanks for having me. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you're welcome. Nado, we will have you back on for sure next Wednesday, uh, next Thursday. Yay. Anyways, <laughs> thanks, everybody, so much for joining us. Have a good one. Be back tomorrow, same time, same place.